Everything has a beginning, a point when a single spark ignited everything that was to come. Then life separates into two regimes, before the spark and after. It's hard to think back to how it all began, looking around at my skin, the weather, the piles of papers on my desk, the shelves of books about astronomy and planetary climate. It seems like it was always there, but it wasn't. In one of the textbooks that I use to teach the course Life in the Universe, an analogy is given. There are as many stars in the observable universe as there are dry grains of sand on all the beaches in the world. Even as an astronomer and astrobiologist, this shocked me. It drove home the point of just how big, big truly is. This is something we're always trying to get students to grasp in introductory astronomy courses. The sense of scale when we talk about astronomical distances and phenomena. We say things like, if we put the sun in Washington, D.C. and shrank distances between it and everything else down by a factor of 10 billion, where would the nearest star to the sun be? The answer? San Francisco, California. I always get a big reaction in class when I reveal the answer. Even after wrapping their minds around shrinking the distance down by a factor of 10 billion, a number itself so hard to comprehend, the nearest star to the sun would still be across the entire country? It stuns my students and widens their eyes. I pause for a moment at the front of the lecture hall, staring into their faces, and let it sink in for effect. On January 20, 2009, Barack Obama became the first African-American president of the United States. In the fall of that same year, I started a Ph.D. program in astronomy and astrobiology. This was my second attempt at a doctorate. I remember feeling nervous, scared, and also proud. Together, President Obama and I could do it. Yes, we can. We could inhabit spaces dominated by white people, white men, and excel. We could blaze the trail. We were pioneers. President Obama was my cheerleader from afar, even if he didn't know who I was. Somewhere across the country, in the highest rank in the land, or in the air, traveling to distant countries to broker peace and soothe nations, was someone who knew how I felt, probably felt the same way some of the time, and was doing it anyway. His becoming president was a lighthouse and a dark sea to me, signaling with regular frequency the existence of a shoreline and shore footing close by. The inaccessible world of astronomy felt no longer closed to me if the most distinguished appointment in the country was now occupied by a black person. Returning to astronomy with my whole heart meant leaving something behind, a career in acting. Acting and astronomy lit up my life in different ways, and each seemed to demand all of me. When I left astronomy to pour myself into acting, I thought it was for good. But dreams don't die. If left unpursued, they recede and then lie dormant. But they persist, nudge, sometimes elbow you right in the gut and demand to be acknowledged. That's how it was for me. I fell in love with something, and I never really fell out. But it wasn't the only thing. This made life complicated. Is this your story too?
There is a type of planet that is very different from the Earth. This type of planet rotates so slowly that the length of its day is the same as the length of its entire year. On one side of the planet, the side facing the star, it's always daytime, and its sun stays fixed and relentless in the sky above at high noon. On the other side, it's perpetually night. Can you imagine the sun never rising where you live? Never setting? Ever? This happens at the poles of the Earth at certain times during the winter and summer months, the sun never dipping above the horizon or never leaving. But eventually, the sun returns to view. Eventually, the sun recedes. Not on this planet. On this planet, the dayside, baking under the eternal noon of a different sun, could be too hot to support life.